0: The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. So, I has anybody noticed there's a lot of news about war? <laughs> Is there anything else? And Like, yeah, there's some COVID news. Everybody got tired of the COVID news and now we have news about the war it's really addictive um even for me uh, i've noticed for myself that the um, the war news it's so um it, obviously coming from europe it's cl- closer to my heart uh, i guess to the um the war news and um, it's uh it's really sad to see but it in many ways people ask a they feel helpless, that they would like to help. There's nothing they can do. And, and there's all kind of feelings coming, that um, people leaving the country uh, and who have to stay there in the war, they experience different difficulties and all that. And everybody always suffers from the war. There is no, uh, no winners in the war, as everybody knows. But um, uh, as a, what, what, would, what would a Buddha said about the war? What, what was Buddha's take on war? um the thing is we are all bound to this samsara this existence of uh life and um, death and rebirth and we just keep going on and on we just chanted the metta sutta and the last verse is not uh uh, having the clarity of vision and the pure-hearted one is not born again into this world that's the only way out of this War. So I I thought about it a little bit. What um, what um, examples could I give from the suttas. And um, we have um, interesting sutta. It's called Atta uh, Danda Sutta. It's in uh, Sutta Nipata. Sutta Nipata is a bit of a obscure place for um, where a lot of people don't read it or don't dwell in there. It's a bit of it's a uh, bit of a hidden corner in the suttas. Sutta Nipata is part of the Kuddaka Nikaya. Uh, the Kudakanikaya Nikaya was the... It's, it was called... It's called the minor uh, minor collection. So the, like the small book to be... You would call it sometimes. And it's actually interesting. Metta Sutta would be part of that in, in there. So if you ever f- try to find Kuddaka... Uh, Kuddaka then if or if you're looking for um uh, metasuta, it appears there, in, uh, there and then ter- there's the Terigata, Terigata. The Chātaka stories are tucked in a way in Kuddaka Nikaya. And same in uh, and Dhammapada. Everybody knows Dhammapada. That's part of this. Uh, Kuddaka Nikaya, Kuduka Nikaya. And uh, uh, so now I'm reading a passage from... Um, Certainly, and that's part of the Kunakaya. There's minor discourses, so we have the long, uh, medium, um, uh, the Nikaya, the medium-length sayings, and then we have the connected discourses, numer- numerical discourses. All of these things, they because they had to memorize these things, so they put them in sort of certain collections, and the minor collection became sort of like the corner cupboard where you just keep stuffing stuff. So actually, the minor collection get, get got expanding and expanding. And that's one of the biggest books now we have. Or oh, I think it is the biggest books now, even though it's called minor collection. But it got collected so much stuff in there. They didn't know where the book, where should we put the Suternipate, where we should we put the uh, Dhammapada. Like, this? yeah, let's just put it there in, in that one. So this collection is actually a very big collection. But a lot of people don't go there. This is. Um, uh there's a lot of verses in here and same like you see the um the, the metta sutta we were just um chanted that it's um it's just a verse uh, not just a verse but it's it's a verse and um uh, uh, sorry no uh the uh the what we're talking about now is we're talking about the sutta nipata it's uh seems to be a lot of the scholastic thing this is one of the early earliest um stratum of the sutras so these might have been some of these um sayings the Buddha was uh he already had these ideas before he even uh went forth even or uh, to before he was uh actually the Buddha so some of these verses are there recorded or he had them in the mind and then they, later on he told the other monks and they were recorded later on so it's quite interesting interesting what's in there. So going back to now the actual uh, the uh, Dīda Sutta. Oh no, sorry, not Diddha Sutta. Where am I? I hope I didn't lose it. Oh, there it is. Atta Danda Sutta. So Atta means self. It's it's not exact It's like uh, for you do something. Atta Danda means a, like a stick, like a weapon. So you it's like a. Uh, There's many instances where they say, Buddha says it like in Dhammapada, like everybody's afraid of uh, violence. And then the word there, it's used a danda. danda. It means like everybody's afraid of stick, but it means weapons, it means violence. So Atta Danda, uh, it's translated here by Ajahn uh, Suchato, is taking up arms. And this is one of the reasons why Buddha went forth. A lot of people, we know all these popular Buddhism ideas that, you know, Buddha was a king, this and that, and then they were trying to shield him away from um, uh, seeing an old person and dying person, all those things. And then, you know, there's like, oh, those are the stories why Buddha went forth. But this is actually, that's... mm, whether it's that's accurate, you know, it's sort of those, they almost like stories. But this is almost like the Buddha's own word, why he went uh, forth. So it's a bit of a long, um, uh, there's a lot of verses here, but so I just read some of it in the beginning. And the, the idea here is that why Buddha went forth. Taking up arms. Peril stems from those who take up arms. Just look at the people in conflict. I shall extol how I, I came to be the buddha himself stirred with sense of urgency i saw this population flounder like a fish in a puzzle, puddle see them seeing them fight each other fear came upon me the world around me around was hollow hollow all directions were in turmoil wanting home for myself i saw nowhere unsettled the uh it's interesting so in this the first uh verses here he like he was seeing that there is this uh, the the world is always this is what happens what's happening now it happened then and it was always always happened and the buddha saw that and he he didn't see any refuge anywhere everywhere it was in turmoil and he was looking for home himself and the home here—it's not home, as you know. He didn't have a home. He, you know, he was came from wealthy, wealthy family. He was looking some kind of refuge. The home here means the refuge. Um, I saw nowhere unsettled, but even in their settlements, their fight. Seeing that, I grew uneasy. Then I saw a dart there, so hard to see, stuck in hearts. When stuck by that dart, you run about in all directions. But when that same dart has been plucked out, you neither run, run about nor sink down." So what's the dart? What's the, where, what, what was the thing where the, uh, the Buddha saw inside of him in the heart? What's the simile for the dart? And if you look, uh, from the other sutras, we should, you know, you, that's the, what you have to sort of do when you're trying to understand the sutras. You go, go back to the other sutras and try to stra- extrapolate from the So we have, I, I read from this, uh, I found, for example, one example in uh, Samyitanikaya. There is called, uh, one sutra which is called Diddha Sutta, which is, uh, the English is Poisoned Arrow. At Savati, possessions, honor, and popularity are brutal. Who should be pierced by a poison arrow? A trainee who comes into possessions, honor, and popularity before they achieve their heart's desire. Arrow is a term for possessions, honor, and popularity. So brutal are possessions, honor, and popularity. Here he talks about the Sekas. Seikas are the ones where... Uh, monks and nuns who are going forth and Seikha is the one who's still uh, in training so they're not they haven't actually crossed the stream yet so for monks and nuns what's what would be danger is that if we get possessions start you know owning stuff money all those things we get honor a lot of monks and nuns we get a lot of honor sometimes too much and popularity is dangerous for us monks and nuns you could see why You sort of think you are something and you haven't even crossed the stream yet so it's dangerous for monks and nuns but what's dangerous what would be another um what's the uh, dart for everybody including obviously monks and nuns but for lay people lay men and lay women so i found another uh uh, example of what the dart would be by the way the word for uh, bali word for dart is salla um, and so the Buddha talks. This is Maitreya 105. In, um, in the same way, it is possible that a certain um, monk might think the ascetic has said that craving is a dart, and that poison is of ignorance is inflicted by the desire and ill will. I have given up a dart of craving. And expel the poison of ignorance. I'm rightly intent on nibbana. So, basically, Buddha says here the craving and the craving, ill will, delusion. Obviously, it's a bit difficult to see, but you could see why. Why would there be war if there wasn't um, ill will, craving? Would there be wars? No. And a, that's the thing why the Buddha talks about here and the Atadanda, Sutta is that's the, uh, those are the, that's the arrow which is stuck in your heart. But like the Buddha said, uh, it's so hard to see stuck in the heart that arrow. But if any one of you look in your own heart carefully, if you meditate, be mindful, you see it's there. You don't have enough kindness in your heart. You don't have enough metta yet. This is what's what starts wars. So uh, i go a little bit towards the end. So this is, a, like I said, um, uh, OK. Don't relish the old or welcome the new. Don't grieve for what is running out or attach to things that pull you in. Greed, I say, is a great flood. And longing is a, is is the is the current, the basis for compulsion, the swamp of sensuality is so hard to get past. Um, I go a little bit forward again. Mm-hmm. This is really long. Sorry. Um, so then he talks about um, for the unstirred who understand there is no uh, performance of deeds desisting from instigation they see sanctuary everywhere a sage doesn't speak of themselves as or as being among, among superiors in fears or equals peaceful rid, rid of stinginess they neither take nor reject so it's uh like the this is the reason why the buddha was saying that why he went why he went forth? why did he ordain? Why did he left home? because everybody's in there's always conflict in the world, and the the Buddha said, this is dangerous there's no anywhere i can anywhere he looked, he didn't see that there's sort of escape there is no like home like he used here there's no home for him to settle anywhere so it's quite interesting, and we all know um. War has always been there. They always will exist as long as we have the craving, hatred, uh, ignorance, delusion in our own heart. So those are, that's where this, the war stem from. Is it Putin's fault that he goes to war? Not really. He's just a human being like the rest of us if you were a dictator of the world would you not do those things perhaps the first two years but then eventually you know you start protecting people who are questioning your views and you start pushing those people away and you just get the yes men next to you like yes sir and then you start believing yourself yeah i know more than i know better than others you start protecting yourself the stronger sense of self you have the more you protect and those kind of yes men around you create more bigger sense of self so be be afraid of if you don't if you start pushing away the other opinions that's why we um we always have to have uh, committees instead of just monks running the place or uh or and um just one person running the thing. That's why we need to have uh, uh, committees and all those things. We need to have different opinions. That is a good thing. We don't want to have dictators in uh, Buddhist societies. Okay, so uh, you can see for yourself, right? It's the wars start within yourself. Uh, uh, I was just listening to Anton Pramali's uh, teaching this weekend, and he was teaching there uh, in Ollamara, uh, in our city centre in Perth. And, you know, uh, and somebody asked him about the right view. And he says, if you, and, uh, if you simplify the right view, which is the basis for if you're going you know, forward anywhere in the Buddhism, what is the right view? How can you, what really defines right view? And right view means kindness. You can say many things about it, what it could be, but if you have kindness in your heart, the, the arrow, the poison arrow has been plucked away from your heart. You would never, everything from that follows. Every, anything you do in the world, if you have kindness, it's good. Whatever you do in the world, you know, like sometimes what are these, we, we did the recited the five precepts, or for me I have blood more precepts being a monk and non, mon, being a monk. If you boil down those precepts, Ajahn Brahma always says that the two precepts, you only have to follow two precepts. One pre, the first precept is don't do anything which hurts yourself. The second precept is, don't do anything which hurts others. So if you just follow those two precepts, you can do anything. But it goes so deep. Wherever you look in the world, it basically should start from your own mind, though. We are in constantly... Sort of not very kind to ourselves. So if you have kindness towards your own mind, it's easy to meditate. Everybody always complains how difficult it is to meditate, right? I can't meditate. Yeah, because you don't have enough kindness. Imagine if you have kindness towards your body. The body relaxes and it that's disappearing. And then you start having kindness towards the mind and the mind starts slowing down because you're kind towards those thoughts. You don't try to fight them off. And then the breath starts appearing and you're kind towards the breath and the breath wants to stay with you. But the usual instinct is like the knee-jerk reaction is that you just sit there rigidly, trying to endure pain, you try, you know, you've been taught by somebody that you always should do breath meditation. You just try to hold into the breath, you just, like, and it's gonna stay with me, and then it disappears, and I, I hate my mind because it's so much thinking there, like... What are you doing? You have a wrong view. You forgot the basic thing about Buddhism. Train yourself in kindness. Very good. Right, all right. So I have uh, another sutta, which uh, this again, it's a, it's, this is a quite often uh, quoted suttas, sutta. this is from Maitreya Nikaya, from the Middle Length Discourses, uh, eighty-two, Ratapala Sutta. Ratapala was a monk who um, ordained young, and he came from wealthy family, um, and. What happened is Ratapala wanted to ordain, and he, because so he, he was inspired, what the Buddha was saying. So Ratapala says, he tells the Buddha, I would, "I would like to ordain. I would go." Uh, uh, and the Buddha says, "Sorry, we, yes, sure, we can ordain you, but we, you have to get your uh, parents' permission." So all of us monks and nuns, we have to ask our parents, "Can I go forth?" Even though you know we are these days, we are not so dependent on our families, but the, the rule is still there. And those days, it was taken quite seriously. So the ratapala, he went and said, okay, well, I have to go and get a permission from my parents. By the way, my parents really didn't give me permission to go for them. They couldn't. Not that they, they, they actually came to my ordination, but it's, it's, it would have been like cutting into their heart, it, into their flesh. It would have just cut into their bone, like they say it would have been too much of them to say yes. So they didn't say anything. So I took that as a yes. <laughs> so that's good enough. So anyway, so Ratapalo goes home, and it was a little bit like with my parents. They, they, they couldn't say yes. He was the only um, only child, or at least it says that the only son. So obviously his son inherited all the uh, family wealth in those days. So they said, no, please don't. We don't have an anybody after you that we don't have grandchildren. There's nobody to take over their family, the family wealth. And so they were trying to discourage him. He said, No, no, I'm I'm going to ordain. And but they did not give him court. they said no, we don't give you permission. And they said he will forget about it. So what Radhapala did that he lied down on the ground and said, I'm not moving before you give me uh, give me uh, permission to go forth. So he just lied down on the ground there. And for a few days he was lying, and they said, oh, for soon he will forget, you know, he'll, he'll uh, then he gets up and he said, okay, but he just kept lying there. And so they get uh, Ratapala's friends coming in, they were trying to pursue it, persuade him, uh, uh, please, and then it was like, he w- would not listen to anybody, he was just saying, no, I'm, I'm not eating, I'm just lying here until I die. So after seven days every after everybody's tried to be uh trying to get him out, change his mind they, they said then they thought like okay well, we cannot let him die here that's that would be really bad so they they the mom and dad said, we g- let him go forth and maybe in few years he will come back and then he will disrupt so Rattapala went forth and uh, he was actually uh very inspired from the Buddha's teachings so after quite a short uh, period seems to be from this Sutta. That he actually uh, broke through and he, he became fully enlightened. So then Ratapala said, "I would like to go and see my parents now." And the Buddha obviously saw that that he's he's not going to be turning back anymore. So there's no way he can uh, revert back to lay life. So he said, "Yes, you can go back to your um, uh, family, see your family." So he went there. Uh, the they say that the slave woman from the uh, from the family recognized him and first. First offered him food, and then then he she said he she went to the mother and said your son is here, and the next day they uh, they I think they even invited him yeah, but I somehow remember that the father refused to offer him food. The father would just say like you are wearing rag robes you are you are you know we are wealthy family this is dishonouring us you yeah sorry. Didn't, father didn't recognize him, yeah, at first. It was like, yeah. It's a quite famous suit, so a lot of people remember these stories, yeah. So um, anyway, so then they he goes home and they try to again like say, Look, we we have all this wealth and and then they got all the old girlfriends come in and all that and then he was just like, no, nah, I'm not no. Nah. <laughs> obviously he couldn't anymore. He was he he was already enlightened. So there was no way he could have turned back. So uh they recognized that. Okay, well, he, we, we have to let our son be a monk because he, he, you know, the, he was actually quite um, firm with his, his parents. He was just like he, he was. The stanzas that he gave here, they're a bit up uh, up in the sutras. I'm not going to read them now. That this is not part of that why I'm reading this, but he was quite firm with them. But uh, then he said, okay, now I've they gave him food, he ate, and then he went to uh, meditate on a close by park. And the king who was living on that uh, on that region, the king of that region, I think it was Kuru country, uh, he went to um, uh, wanting to go to that park for, I think, hunting, or he just wanted to have a good time there. And then he heard the uh, Ratapala was there, and he was a fami- um, friend with the family. So he went to the Ratapala to see there. And then this, where well, I'm now going back, starting to read from the sutta. So he goes and sees the Ratapala, now, the king. And he uh, uh, talks to the Ratapala and says, "Uh, So what did you know or see or hear that made you go forth? Meaning ordain. Babajita. And it's interesting, Anagaryang. So what made you go forth into homelessness? The great king... Blessed one who knows and sees the perfected one, the fully awakened Buddha, has taught these four summaries of teaching for recitation. It it was after knowing and seeing and hearing these that I went forth from lay life to homelessness. What for? The world is unstable and swept away. This is the first summary. The world has no shelter and no savior. This is the second summary. The world has no owner you must leave it all behind and pass on this is the third summary the world is wanting unsatiable meaning you never satisfied the slave of craving this is the fourth summary this is what the blessed once uh, told us and this is why I went forth okay so now the king asked these questions the world is unstable and swept away so, Master Ratapala said, "How should I see the meaning of this statement?" What do you think?" great King. "When you were young, uh, uh, were you proficient at riding elephant, horses, chariots, and uh, and archery and swordmanship? Were you strong in, in your in your legs and in arm, capable of pat- and paddle hardened?" I was, Master Ratapala. Sometimes it seems that I had superpowers then. I don't know. I don't see anyone anybody who could have equaled me in strength. And I think a lot of us we know how it feels. When you're young, you feel you have so much strength, but these these days it's going down and down and down. So what do you think, great king? These days are you just as strong as you were in uh, in olden days? No, master Ratapala. For now I'm el- old, elderly and senior. I'm advancing years I have reached the final stage of life I'm 80 years old Sometimes I intend to step in one place when, but my foot goes somewhere else hmm. This is what the Buddha was referring uh, to when he said the world is unstable and swept away I always like the um I was thought um one of the first people quite often ask me um why do you ordain? What where were the, you know, what made you come? You know, start um, listening Dhamma to, uh, you know, what got you interested? And then one of the first things I remember when I started to listen to these Dhamma teachings, and I'm really grateful for my first teachers. I lived at the, in New York at the time, and we had a, I had a teacher, and he he actually luckily he uh, he was teaching from the sutras there is a lot of teachings out there and teachers who are just saying the teachers say this or the you know these are the later traditions and they're quite sometimes a bit esoteric but he was teaching from the sutras and i remember one of the first teachings i sort of struck me as this is true uh, is the teaching of anicca what does anicca mean it means Impermanent, right? But good translation of that is also unreliable. So this is not Anicca here, what the unstable, unreliable is, but it's referring to the same thing as unstable. Where can you see in a world which is not where the world is reliable? So it's constantly, always you can rely on something which is stable or even if you, if you translate anicca as never changing anywhere you look whether it's the outside world or in your own mind it's constantly changing it's that similarly sometimes like the stream or everything is just sort of constantly burning it's on fire all the time Nothing is... You cannot put anywhere in this world where you can just rely on something will be there tomorrow. Anybody can die at any moment. Anybody can get swept away. Anywhere where you look on your own mind, a body, or... Whether it's physical world. You can't go into turmoil from next week to, uh, uh, to a new week. So that, that struck me, I remember going through that, um, having, uh, hearing that teaching, and I remember looking, and looking around like you were now thinking the same way I was trying to teach you, the Anicca, that it's true, and it struck me like, wow, great, I found something which is not just teaching about you have to believe in something, and if you just believe long enough, you will. It just becomes true. It is true. It is the Buddha's teachings. They have to be. Um, have to go according to the world. If it doesn't, uh, we don't bend the reality match The uh, match that uh, the Dhamma, the the Buddha's teaching. We don't try to do that. We try to match. Uh, the teachings into the world how it is. So if you see somewhere which is not anicca, please let me know. <laughs> okay. So going back to the the sutta. So the world is unstable and swept away. What the first reason why Ratapala went forth. Uh, so, he was talking about old age rate, basically, here. That's why the, the king, you know, was asking, are you you're old? And the king said, yeah, I'm old. So that's how it, the world gets swept, swept away. Oh, it's incredible, Master Ratapala! It's amazing that this, how well this was said by the Buddha. And then the second question. In this royal court, you can find divisions of elephants, cavalry, chariots, and infantry. They will serve to defend us from any threats. Yet you said the world has no shelter and no savior. How should I see the meaning of this statement? Yes, that's true. We have military in Australia. Russians are not going to come this way, I hope. Okay, so now the answer. What do you think, Great King? Do you have any chronic ailments? I do. Sometimes my friends and colleagues, relatives, and family members surround me thinking, Now the king will die. Now the king will die. What do you think, great king? Can you get your friends and colleagues, relatives and family members to help? Please, my dear friends, colleagues, family members, all of you here share my pain so that that I may feel less pain. Or must you alone feel that pain? I can't get my friends to share my pain. Rather... I alone must feel it. This is what the Buddha was referring to when he said, the world has no sh- shelter and no savior. And this, again, the same way you can see how we, we have others who try to help us. We um, do their best to, you know, with these ailments and old age and sickness, but there's nothing they can do really. It is incredible, Master Ratapala. it is amazing how how well said this was by the Buddha. For the world indeed has no shelter and no savior. And number three now. In this court, royal court, you can find abandoned gold coin and bullion stored in dungeons and towers. Yet you said the world has no owner. You must leave it all behind and pass on. How should this... I see the meaning of this statement. What do you think, great king? These days you amuse yourself, supplied and provided with this, with the five kinds of sensual stimulation. Five, that's sort of, you know, eating, feeling, all the five five senses. Uh, You will continue to amuse yourself in the same way, supplied and provided with the same five kinds of sensual stimulation. Or will others make use of this property while you pass on according your deeds? This is interesting. Uh, You you pass on according your deeds. Yata kamman gamisamis, gamisamisiti. So, you know, you go according to your kamma. You have to, um, will you, you know, will you take your money with you? Or will you take your kamma with you? There is no way ensured ensure that I will continue to amuse myself in the same way. Rather, others will take over this property while I pass on according to my kamma." This is what the Buddha was referring to when he said, the world has no honor, you must leave it all behind and pass on. It is incredible, Master Ratapala, it is amazing how well this was said by the Buddha. For the world indeed has no honor, you must leave it all behind and pass on. Okay, so this is the last one now. You also said this, the world is, is wanting, insatiable, and slave of craving. This is more why I sort of took this, um, went to this sutta. The world is wanting, insatiable, never satisfied, the slave of craving. How should I see the meaning of this statement? What do you think, great king? Do you dwell in prosperous land of Kuru?" So he was the king of the Kuru country. Indeed, I do. What do you think, great king? Suppose a trustworthy and reliable man were to come from east. He'd approach you and say, Please, sir, you should know this. I come from east. I come from Ukraine. There I saw a large country that is successful and prosperous and full of people. They have many divisions of elephants, cavalry, chariots, and infantry, and there's plenty of money and grain. I heard Ukraine is a wealthy country. and Actually, we're going to be in trouble if they cannot uh, put the grain in soon because we rely on that, all of us. There's also plenty of gold coins and bullions, both worked and unworked, plenty of, and plenty of women for taking. With your current forces, you can conquer it. Conquer it. Conquer it. Conquer it, great, great king. What would you do? This is the Ratapala's question to the king. What would you do if there's somebody comes and this it's ready to be taken? I would conquer conquered it and dwell there. And then the Ratabala asked, and like, look, suppose a man would come from west, north, south, over the ocean, and he approached and asked you the same question from other different places as well. What would you do? I would also conquer those countries. This is what the Buddha was referring to when he said, The world is wanting, insatiable, and slave of craving. Somebody comes to the king and says, Hmm, we can take over that country. Will the king do it? Of course. That's what kings do. If there's somebody which is not as strong as you, always been in history that way. It's the king like, no, I'm good, look. We have enough. We don't need to go there. It doesn't happen. So the... um, The... uh, so anyway, so the king actually—it's interesting that the king admitted. Anyways, if it's available, I will go and take it. And the the interesting thing here with the with this is that the world is wanting insatiable and slave of craving. Another thing where the and going back to the earlier Sota I was referring to, which is part of that poison arrow, Will you ever be satisfied when you get something? Well, like, oh, now I had enough. My needs are met. I'm content. How often does it happen into your world? In your own little mind. Oh, it's just, everything's just perfect. I don't need anything anymore. You know when you are perfectly content, is that when you have, when you are enlightened. The word for that is Santuta, contentment. Can you imagine in your own mind that you become, when you become enlightened, there's nothing you want from this world anymore, or any world. It's just sort of like, that's it, I have everything in my own heart own heart you don't accumulate anything and then what happens there's no reason to anything get born again because you're not going anywhere anymore you stopped you completely completely satisfied content whatever happened there's wars people dying whatever it is your family you leave everything just you just content contentment is that feeling where under has the simile of like you're going to the summer holiday from the school and you're just seeing the holiday in front of you all the homework is done there's nothing more to be done remember that feeling ah the holiday Nibbana is the only holiday where you don't have to go to school again. Otherwise, you get born again, and bam, here we go, primary school. Oh no! <laughs> so just imagine how easy it is. You only have to do is be content, and you then nothing ever comes to you again. So, yeah. That's, I think, my view. Yeah. Yeah, it can be anything, yeah. And there's another thing that causes, uh, attachment to sure, let me go to the questions a bit later, if it's okay. I read these things, I finish this, and then we take the questions afterwards, and then it's easier also with the microphone and everything. Yeah, I know what you're saying, sure. Okay, so these these were the four things. You probably won't remember that, but you'll get the gist of what I'm saying. How well this was uh, said! This was by the Buddha. For world indeed, indeed wanting in satiable, satiable is never satisfied. And the slave of craving. This is venerable. What the Ratapala said, and he uh, then he went on to say. I see rich people in the world who, because of delusion, give not the wealth they earned. Greedily they hoard their riches yearning for evermore sensual pleasures. The king who conquered the earth by force, ruling the land from sea to sea, unsatisfied with the near shore of the ocean, would still yearn for further shore. Not just the king, but others too. Reach death, not rid of graving. They leave the body still wanting, for this world sensual pleasures never satisfy. Relatives lament, their hair disheveled, saying, Oh, they're not immortal. They take out the body wrapped in shrouds, heap up a pyre and burn it there. It's poked with stakes while being burnt, in just a single cloth, all wealth gone. Relatives, friends and companions can't help you when you're dying. Heirs take your riches while beings fare on according to their deeds, according to their kamma. Riches don't follow you when you die, nor children, wife, wealth, nor kingdom. Longevity isn't gained by riches, nor does wealth banish old age. For wise say the life is short, it's perishable and not eternal. The rich and poor feel its touch, the fool and wise feel it too. But the fool lies stricken by their own folly, while the wise don't tremble at the touch. Therefore wisdom's much better than wealth, since by wisdom you reach consummation in this life, meaning you, you end up uh, end the rebirth. But it's because of delusion you don't reach the nibbana. You, you'll do evil deeds in life after lives life well wow, this is long long long, long. okay maybe one who enters a womb and the world beyond will trans- transmigrate going from sams- samsar samsara is actually the word will transmigrate from one life to next while someone with little wisdom placing faith in them also enters womb and world beyond as a bandit caught in door it's punished for its own deeds bad deeds So after departing in the world beyond, people are punished for their own bad deeds. Baba Baba Dhamma. Sensual pleasures are diverse, sweet and delightful. Appearing in disguise, they disturb the mind. Seeing danger in many kinds of sensual stimulation, I went forth, O king. As fruit falls from trees, so people fall, young and old, when the body breaks up. Seeing this too, I went forth, O oh King. There's the ascetic life. The monk's life is guaranteed to be better. Highly recommended. <laughs> Very good. So those are the sutras I wanted to say uh, talk today, and I think they're quite uh, sort of timely at this time with the war, uh, with the war going on. So that's my Dhamma talk today, and I will take up for questions now. Thank you, Sam. Now you don't. Oh. <laughs> okay, so any anybody else? Morning. Thank you, yep. Um Over the last couple of months, um, it is somewhat related to what you were talking about today. Um, as I've been practicing more and more, every so often I get these moments of, uh, <laughs> I guess you'd call it dread, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, where I'll give an example. I might wake up in my bed and, and um, see my partner sleeping, and, and all of a sudden, the thought, um, the realization comes to me that, you know, even if we stay devoted to, get, uh, to each other for the rest of our lives, eventually we'll be separated. Mm-hmm. Um, and when death comes to one of us, we, we may not even get a chance to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. How do we respond to that um, sense of dread, yep. and what do we do about it? Thank you. Thank you. That's a, there's a famous simile what Ajahn Brahm uses quite often, which I like in and, and these kind of questions, is that we have these things which are like the cup, which is made out of porcelain. If the cup was made out of metal or it was plastic, you could throw it around, not care about it, it would be still it's almost unbreakable, metal cups. With glass or porcelain like this, we have to take care of it. You have to carefully wash it, put it in place, make sure you take care of it because it's fragile. One day it will break. There is a fracture in the cup. You cannot see the fracture there, but it's there. One day, somebody you knock it. You accidentally drop the... the The cup and it will break so the the possibility is there always but that's why we need to care so we care now when we have time instead of trying to um control others and uh, hold on to too much but because we are all fragile we have to take care of each other including ourselves obviously so it's, I like that simile of that the, uh, the that kind of impermanence that we... Because we realize that when you've been practicing more and you start realizing, you start seeing those things, you actually look what's in your mind. And you you have to be confronting it a little bit. It confronts you because you are actually looking your mind. It's easy if you were just... Um, I don't know how how people sort of uh, not see it for myself i always saw it quite clearly enough since childhood that we all must die and it is um and we we have this kind of sense sometimes comes as well like i'm all alone but the really the best simile i like i like like i said I, i can think of is that simile of the cup where there is that fracture there and some day it, it will break, so take care of it. Take care of your relation. And then when it breaks, you can let it go. But there's nothing you can really do about it. So the death contemplation should bring joy as well, and it should bring joy in the sense that, good, at least I'm on the right path. I'm practicing. I'm meditating. I'm trying to you know be kind and you know do these things, which what I was just saying, that the two precepts, being kind to yourself and being kind to others, because if you don't do it now then when you die it's too late then you go according to your kamma same always re- also remember that we all we all sort of individuals in the sense that we come together as a, you know the kamma brings us together and then we go in our own ways we all fare according to our own deeds and uh, the kamma in the sense so if you want to continue with with your partner try to develop same kind of uh, spiritual qualities and then you're going in the sort of same directions so of spiritual qualities would be like um giving you being a, uh, uh, a personal always like likes to give not just you know i don't mean money always but you know give yourself to helping others and all those things and uh, the spiritual quality which would be nice it's uh, even letting go don't get stuck into the world too much all those things so if you develop both of those together then you're going in the same direction otherwise the the comma might you might go different ways and you never see the each other again very good is there any questions online I take one from
1: online if you have anything
0: you can ask me yep
1: Okay, uh, there are three questions online, Najan. The first one here is Is prayer beneficial? If so, how should one use prayer for the benefit of themselves or others?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting question. We don't, in Buddhism, we don't use the word praying. We use more words like contemplation. Um, I can see the uh, benefits of the praying in the sense of the contemplation. I have this thing where when I um, uh, come out of the meditation quite often, um, I I got this habit of, I think for myself that uh, may all beings be happy, may all beings be at ease. So I, I contemplate the kind thought to others. If you take that as a prayer, and then I usually, I also say, may i also be happy so praying in a sense if you th- take it as uh, um sending good wishes to others it always helps um so i would uh, say we do loving kindness uh contemplation loving kindness meditation it um I would say that would be a very good. You wish, kind wish, sort of that these people, this person who you think is suffering, that they would dwell at ease, they would be free of suffering. So prayer in that sense. But if you praying to a, asking favors from uh, higher beings, then it comes from the sense of self too much. There's too much sense of self there you are asking for favors from somebody so that in that sense let's say the meta loving-kindness you should diminish your sense of self the sense of self should disappear when you're doing something like loving-kindness another example you know in people seem to be a bit confused what I mean by that but let's say wh- uh when I think of myself I feel quite small and I feel there's a lot of problems there but I think when I think of us I feel a lot better it's not so small it's not you know we okay quite often people ask me how are you and I said we are okay not that there's too many of us or me but I always feel like I'm part of the monastery I'm part of Buddhist society, I'm part of this. When I think of us, I feel better. When you think of you, it's my depression, it's my anxiety. You, it becomes you associate too much with yourself. But in, if, you, if you're doing, let's say, metta, loving kindness, it diminishes the sense of self. That's why we try to have it, we spread it, two different directions. We spread it to others. We give it to others. We give kindness to others. And then the sense of self, sort of like it's not so strong in there. You're not protecting yourself in it. You don't get caught in that. So praying in that sense, I don't have any better answer than that. I've been asked that question a couple of times, so hopefully I'll get good answer in some point, yeah.
1: Thank you, Hajan. Our second question here is, as a young man of 23, I get attracted to women who I find beautiful on the outside. I know this is just infatuation or lust, but it's very strong for me. How can I let go of this desire? Uh, Right, yes, I very clearly remember those. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, um, Well, yeah, I don't think it happens only for 23-year-old men. I think it's uh, even a, a little bit older uh, men and women tend to have the same kind of feelings. Um, one thing which Buddha recommended is to um, see w- how it really is. So the, the, there's a simile in the suttas where the Buddha said, like if you if you take a bag which is filled with different grains, you see there's a rice and mung beans and whatever you know these days we would say maybe take a bag of groceries and you what do you have there you have chips and the milk and bread and cheese whatever you buy um and you you see them they're separated what does the simile mean in that sense your body is like that your body is it's like the you know your skin is like the plastic bag where you grow you know have your groceries so it's and it's inside this if you would open the plastic bag you see spleen yeah, yeah, yeah the spleen and yeah, yeah. then you see a liver whatever what else lungs you see a heart you know we talk about how oh, heart is so it's so romantic the heart is like it's like the heart yeah yeah. it's if you think of that way the, you know uh it's there's no really sort of romantic idea if you look at the body Wrapped in skin And you know All those things inside There's nothing really There We're making up stories And it's the same with your mind Oh I love her mind It's like she's so nice Well Mind is made out of many things Your mind in the same way There is Like there's suffering And uh, uh, And uh, Happiness and suffering In your mind Is made out of uh, The if you look at your own mind, you see that, that's a, uh, by the way, it's good why we meditate, because we see our own mind, how it's just, it's constantly changing, it's never like it's one mind, you cannot, if you look in your mind, where is self, it's there, it's there, or you know, you're depressed, well that's not really me, I don't want to be this, as if that's not you, at the same time, it's, all there's always you, making up stories about yourself, so if you, you see these people, when you, See what they are re- what it's made out of. It's made out of many things. It is really, I mean, the biology is so strong. We all know, that's why we have babies. The biology is strong, and I, I must admit I was uh, I was a young man who fell in love probably once a day, and I was, uh, you know, desperate, you know, romantic. Uh, hopefully less these days but uh, it is it, but you you can see how much <laughs> it's it really is uh, uh, there's sometimes also it's not just it's biology but there is it feels like that you're missing something if you when you by yourself you wish you had somebody to share this life with and as if you, you, it goes back to the sutta I was talking about. You're just not just content by yourself. As if something is lacking. We get, it's hard to see outside of that. Only when you start getting really, you know, when you go, they even say stream mentor, they still can have lust. Right? So don't get, too caught up, but don't worry about it too much. It will happen. Even you know you have to be really far in the path. But the only thing which is lessens it, see as a, as it truly is. Uh, look at your own mind. Quite often, when you feel down, you feel, um, you feel lonely. You feel it. Quite often, those feelings come from actually. Um, like you uh you would be almost sick you're a little bit depressed and it would be nice if i had somebody and maybe i wouldn't feel this you know like if once you, st- you, st- you can start seeing those kind of feelings coming and then try to develop a you know a feeling of contentment in your own mind and you know own heart and it's like i'm fine and then you don't you don't suffer so much from it the feelings are strong in there no matter what yeah
1: Can we keep going with questions, um, Adrian? It's quarter two. Yeah, okay. We do a one short one. Right, this one's um, uh, from Indiana. Rick from Indiana. What should we do with people who are abusive, steal, lie, and actively do all they can to harm our relationships with others?
0: Uh, what's the short answer for that? It's unfortunately a very common question, and it almost goes into this, what we talked about, war, are the wars, wars in the world, and are we going to stop it? No. The best thing is to protect yourself. If you can, remove yourself from the situation. If you can, uh, try to find um, better quality friends. Go and join police societies. Go, um, try to... Uh, Uh, develop more time where you can actually just spend time by yourself Uh, and the spiritual friendship is so important so try to go towards that leave behind those unhealthy um, friends and relations and all that then you don't need to get tracked uh, tracked down by them Ajahn Brahm has the uh, quite often he quotes this thing you don't have to be content uh, your happiness doesn't have to be controlled by others, other people's happiness. Even if they're not happy, don't worry about it. You can still be happy. Don't let other people control you, your happiness. And I like that, and I always keep that with me because it's it's so easy. People are negative. A lot of people are negative, and you're, they tend to want to drag you down. Don't don't take in uh, Don't bite into that. You can still be happy. Just let them be miserable. Not my fault. Nothing to do with me. Yeah, that's the only thing I can say as short, but it is a very unfortunately common question. Should we end there, or do you have any good questions?
1: There is one question. You may be able to answer this one quickly, or maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, How to deal with large attachments, large in quotes, attachments such as the loss of our town, people in Ukraine being displaced, loss of those we love, huge hurts like this. How to yeah. How to deal with that? Yeah, care about yourself. Have you know?
0: Develop kindness in your heart. Understand nothing is permanent. Don't get uh, lessened the uh, um, uh, idea of that. But really, you can still even the world is in turmoil and goes, goes uh, and it's um, goes into the drain. We can just st- still be content. We don't have to uh get sucked into it i know it's not easy but you know don't look at the news so much you don't have to it doesn't lessen the p- pain of people in uh, ukraine when you look in the news we just have to understand how much we can do and the peace in the world in the war zone it starts from yourself you have the error in your heart you're going to be the dictator next lifetime what are you going to do you will take over if you don't, if you don't develop the uh, non-greed this lifetime, the chance is there. You get born, bam, wrong place, wrong time. You're the richest person in the world. Very good. Thank you so much. Sad, sad, sad. Should we end with the arhan? I always forget to do that.